Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's Tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Who should be the next head coach for the Chicago Bears? Should there be a new general manager? Are you ready for the Bears to play at, let's say, Ronald McDonald Field? Those are three of the seven questions I'll pose to Buffon and Ellis on this edition of the Bear Debate. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bear Debate. My name is Aldo Gandia, and I am joined by this gentleman, John Buffon. John, how are you? Doing pretty well, Aldo. We're coming down the home stretch here. Not much to play for for the Bears, but plenty to talk about, especially uh, as soon as that as soon as that last game's over. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, exactly. There's more to talk about what. Uh, could potentially happen with the Chicago Bears in their play on the field, although uh, they did play well Sunday, at least good enough to embarrass the Giants, which may not mean a lot at this point, given how bad that team is. And let's say hi to uh, Mr. Tyler Ellis, uh, Mr. USA there. What's happening, brother? <laughs> That's a fact. What's going on, fellas? Let's, let, let's debate where the Bears make the playoffs next year. <laughs> exactly that's where we're at uh, we, we do have a fun-filled show for you i said in the beginning that it's seven questions it's actually 10 rounds that we go every week and so i'll uh start uh with round one immediately if you guys are set to go what do you say let's, let's do, do it. it all right round one the win over the Giants on Sunday was highlighted by the record-breaking sack total set by Robert Quinn. And he has just set a new single-season franchise sack record for the Chicago Bears. There's no debating that Quinn has had a great season and is now considered by many as one of the team's greatest trade assets for draft picks a team in need of pass rush help for 2022 is the Indianapolis Colts. If the draft were held today, the Colts would have eight draft picks. Would you trade Robert Quinn for those picks, the second and third rounder? Tyler, start us off. <clears throat> Hypotheticals are so funny. Um, yes, I guess I'd be a fool not to, um, but I don't know. Okay. First of all, again, okay. Yes. But then again, no, I don't know. Because am I going to get a pass rusher with those picks? It's it's tough. Um, but um, Quinn, Quinn is getting up there in age. I guess a proper GM would try to get, um, get some nice young talent. But um, he's leading. He's like about to have like 20 sacks on the season. Can that? Can you replace that? You had to sweeten the pot with that extra third rounder, didn't you? I said on I said on Bear Football after the game, I probably wouldn't do it for a two, but then you swoop in and just throw in an extra third rounder to grind my gears a little bit. I still say no. But with the caveat that this team plans on retooling and competing for a division title or a, a division title next year, which is fully possible if Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay. So having Robert Quinn back with a hopefully fully healthy Khalil Mack with Justin Fields maybe taking the next step. That could be interesting. So I'll, I'll hold on to him. 
<laughs> well, it's funny because I asked Greg Gabriel the same question, and uh, he knows Chris Ballard over at uh, Indianapolis, the GM over there, and he said there's no way the Colts would make that kind of an offer. But then I reminded him what uh, the Broncos got for Von Miller. He goes, it's possible, but uh, unlikely. So I, you know, I, I still feel the same way too. I, I would hate to give up on a pass rush specialist, particularly because the defense helps the offense. And if you want to help Justin Fields and give him half fields to work with, why get, get rid of the guy who just has the most sacks? But at the same time, man, you need so much. You need so much. And maybe, yeah. you know, you don't have a first rounder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you could get multiple draft picks, it's making up for one player loss. Maybe you hit an outstanding pass rusher. I don't remember what Robert Quinn was drafted at, but I don't think he was a first rounder. I think he was. Was he? I think he was a first rounder out of UNC. I could be wrong. I didn't. I didn't do it. I did, but I think he might. He was a pretty high draft pick. But 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 to your point, Aldo. If you if you're sold on Travis Gibson, maybe uh, maybe you're like thinking okay, him opposite of Khalil Mack, and then you mm-hmm. use those second rounders for a wide receiver and a cornerback, and you address some of those holes that you have because you need a lot. Uh, but you hate to see a guy that just had 20 sacks and be like, all right, later. <laughs> I, I hate to see that. And, and he's under contract, and he's like not even yeah. in the contract year, mm-hmm. and so he like he's you you got an asset who's already performing. Like, you might as well. Like, hang on to him. You all right? You, you know what I'm saying? Why not? Yeah. Even if it is for just one year, because you, you probably can't afford him uh, after the 2022 season. So that's that's a factor, too, because his contract is up after next season. And so you would essentially be losing him. And it's unlikely uh, you would re-sign him. But, you know, that's that's too far off in the distance to even consider right now, I guess. Don't All right. Well, yeah, exactly. All right. Let's head over to uh, round two. Bears right guard James Daniels is set to be a free agent. Should the Bears try and re-sign him or take a chance and try to sign a player who might be at least equal in talent, but demand a lesser contract, therefore helping the team with their immediate cap issues? John, why don't you start round two? Well, for me, it would depend on what his actual salary demand is because I see a guy that's been in the league for four years and he's still only 24 years old. James Daniels is about to cash in twice in free agency during his prime if he plays his cards right. So I would have liked to have seen him get one more shot at center because that's what they drafted him for. And obviously that's an area of need, but I fear he's going to price himself out of the Bears market. But if it's a competitive price with the rest of the options, Bring back a guy that knows the team, knows the players, and see if he's someone that can take the next step as well. Definitely. His attribute, he has certain attributes that you thought like he would really flourish in the center position just from his like mammoth size. But um, if the price is right, I mean, at the end of the day, all offensive line still has to um, improve regardless. And we don't even know will we have a brand new offensive line coach. There's no way to really know. Um, it's competitive, bring it in. Um, at the end of the day, is the offensive line on both sides of the ball. I don't think that's the time to be cheap because as we know now, it's time to invest on both sides of the ball. Investing is a great idea. And I ran a poll on Twitter today and it was uh, almost, uh, it, it was like a seven to three margin that the Bears should resign them. Some people want him to be moved over to center and I'm seeing the same kind of messaging uh, in the chat room. So uh, it clearly uh, Bears fans think he's a good investment moving forward. And I would hate, I I frankly personally would hate to see him go. I mean, you know, how many, how many good players are you going to let go because of, you know, you've mismanaged the cap Ryan pace. So let's hope that's not going to be the case this time. And he hasn't even hit his physical peak yet, 24 years old and has four years of experience. So, of course, there was going to be peaks and valleys because he was basically a college kid or as a high school kid coming into the league almost. He was, what, 20 years old when he got into the league? So uh, there's going to be some of that, you know, uh, there's going to be some of those growing pains. But to have four years under your belt and still only be 24 years old. I think that's an investment worth making because there's still a lot of potential. You're not signing a guy who's 28, 29, and you're hoping he can maintain his play for the next three years. You're, you're signing a guy where you're thinking, this guy still has a lot of potential to be a really good player. Let's see if we can get him on the cheap and then, and then really capitalize on that return. So uh, we'll see. Tyler, who do you like at center best, James Daniels or Cody White here? That's, that's kind of tough. 
I was hoping you were gonna say the other guy because that would have been the easy choice. They're <laughs> <laughs> like not much of her. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I like Cody. I mean, um, I just I would like James Daniels to work just because of his size. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just I mean, he's just so big and strong, it'll be really dope. And I just truly feel like that would just help the um just that that our favorite play, which is the halfback like draw. But um <laughs> I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I like Cody. I can talk good about both of those guys, but I would really love for James Daniel to work. But to this, it's a head scratcher to why it hasn't at this point. Tony Moy says that uh, Olin Krutz said that move Jenkins to right tackle, Borum to right guard, sign a free agent left tackle, and then I'm assuming that it would be either um, either of the two players we're talking about, uh, Daniels or or White uh, Whitehair over at center. So, what do you think about a line like that, guys? Uh, I think you're going to have to spend a lot more to bring in a left tackle than you would to see go bring in a, a right guard or a right yeah. tackle. You're, I, I would hope that one of the young guys would be able to play left tackle a little bit uh, <laughs> so that you yeah. wouldn't have to go out and spend a mammoth amount of money on a new left tackle. So uh, I would prefer one of those guys play left tackle. I don't care if it's Borum. I don't care if it's Jenkins, whoever's best play there. Uh, I just don't want to go out on the free agent market and say we need to go spend a ton of money on a left tackle whenever you could probably get one much cheaper if you're going out to get a right guard or a right tackle. Mm -hmm. All right, let's quickly move over to round three. Bears fans hope that either Tevin Jenkins or Larry Borum is the team's future at left tackle. Matt Nagy, however, chose to start neither in that position on Sunday versus the Giants, preferring instead Jason Peters. He rationalized it by saying Peters is a future Hall of Famer and has played his ass off this season. Sounds like Nagy wants to show his respect to the left tackle, and there's no denying Peters is the best of those three players. You think Nagy made the right call in showing respect to Peters or lost an opportunity at developing a potential successor at the job. Tyler, start us off. Um, it's it, it hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, obviously, you can't. At certain times, you can't get back. So, opportunity to develop youth is either there, you take it, or you're not. And so, um, Peters were brought in to shore it up. But when you have it, when we talk about development, if Nagy had like a long contract and he was going to stay here, I think he would probably would have taken it. But I think Nagy was in a position where he had to try to get wins as soon as possible. I don't think he could, like, blame a loss on a rookie and, and, and take that and move forward. Look, it, it's irresponsible. If you want to give Peters a token start, go ahead. If you want to pay your homage to him that way, go ahead. But Tevin Jenkins should have been in there early and often. If Matt Nagy actually thought he was going to be around next year, he'd be acting in the best interest of the 2022 Chicago Bears and seeing what he has coming up. But the game meant nothing in the sense that the team has been eliminated from playoff contention for, what, three weeks now? So your duty is to make sure the same thing doesn't happen again in 2022. But he also started Andy Dalton, so I don't know if he really cares about 2022 because uh, Nick Foles might be the only guy that's under contract for uh, what might be the backup next year. You'd like to see what you have in him, but he just wanted to go with Andy Dalton. Yeah, I uh, I disagree with Bearman. He says that at this point it's moot. It's it's not moot at all. I mean, you've got an opportunity here to develop mm-hmm. your future left tackle. Tevin Jenkins was drafted to be that future left tackle. Now, if he's not ready to play because and you've, you're unhappy with his performances in, in the two games that he has played and his practice tape hasn't looked particularly great and you want to protect your quarterback, then that makes sense. Um, but – you know, you you've the team has also said that they love Larry Borum at left tackle. So why not take a look at him there? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Jenkins played a total of seven snaps, I think four snaps uh, of them at left tackle. He played a series at left tackle near the end of the game, and he played special teams on the goal line. That's not enough. Uh, and I wish we were at least told what the thinking was because when Matt Nagy was talked talked about it, all he said was that Peters was a Hall of Famer. What does what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything for the future of the no. Chicago Bears. It's ridiculous in my mind. Since when is you know giving like earning or what you've done in the last 15 years, 18 years, whatever, been like, okay, he deserves that because of what he did in Philadelphia? Like I I don't I I don't get that reasoning. If 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 you're if you want to say he was the best player, I would have even bought he's the best player we have at left tackle. We played him. At least it would have been honest, not like 
you're going like you're doing some great token because Jason Peters really wants to start for the Chicago Bears in week 17 when they're out of playoff contention. I don't think that's going to make or break Jason's Peter Jason Peters career. I don't think he's going to be awfully upset that he didn't get in there if that if that if he was if he didn't start. So mm-hmm. I don't I, I you you prefer as a fan to see the future on the field to get some reps, but whatever, that's what you get whenever you don't let go of the coach. Yeah, and I agree with Behrman, and this is something that John has talked about. Matt Nagy is just thinking about himself. He's thinking about his one-loss record because he's going to be looking for a job, and he wants to tell people, you know, we made the playoffs two out of four years, and uh, I finished the season with a three-game winning streak. That kind of stuff uh, is unfortunate that if Ryan Pace is going to remain the general manager, that he didn't order Matt Nagy to start some of these young players. Tyler, do you think that – this is also maybe an issue regarding Ryan Pace not ordering his head coach to take a look at some of these younger players and give them more snaps these last two, three weeks. I mean, exactly. I mean, we would never know. We, we, we would never know. I'm asking for your opinion. I mean, for my, I mean, for, for my, my opinion is Nagy in every press conference says that um, him and him and Ryan talk all the time and, 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 and they're together on issues. And so, um, Ryan gets the talent. I, I got. I, my, in my opinion, I think Nagy's. I don't want to say. Check, I don't want to say. I don't want to assume he's checked out. But like we have multiple examples of young guys not getting opportunities until there's a, a, an immediate injury. We didn't find out about some of these guys until later on. Um, I think he's checked out. Although I don't think he's in. A, he's not in the development time frame right now. I just. I just think clearly think that's it. But also. Tevin left the left the game earlier the other week, and so like I, I said it a couple of weeks ago. If I don't know if he has if it's if it's still spot on, I don't want Tevin hurt over the offseason. That 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 means a lot because if if Tevin's done, and he if he can't like practice and work out in the offseason, then he has like you said he already has another rookie year coming up. He missed over eighty percent of the season already. So if he was hurt, I'm glad he didn't play. But once again, but Nicky needs to say that. Nagy needs to say that then. He's exactly. hey, he's not fully he's not fully healthy. That's why we held him out. We're trying to get him on a pitch count. Don't tell me because Jason Peters is a Hall of Famer, he started left tackle. Say say that okay, Tevin's still working through some things. We're gonna get him out. We're gonna put him on a pitch count. We got him into seven snaps. We felt like that was the right up. There's so many different ways to handle that than saying, Well, we have a Hall of Famer. We have a 40-year-old Hall of Famer at left tackle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But that, that that doesn't that doesn't help anything. So uh, John, there's no point. Nagy hasn't been transparent his entire since 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 yeah. year one. So I wouldn't expect and, it now. And I and I don't buy and the whole thing about Ryan Pace talking to Matt Nagy. I think that's a facade that they're always in sync and they're always on the same page and they you know it's a lovey dovey relationship. They may like each other personally. They may be friends. But I think Ryan Pace looks at the product on the field and says. I brought, at least from his point of view, I brought you this amount of talent. What the hell are you doing with it? You're not doing like I, I put this team together and this is what we're getting. These are the, so I don't think Ryan Pace is super happy with Matt Nagy. I don't think that he's, I think Ryan Pace probably thinks he put together a competitive team and uh, Matt Nagy's not able to execute. Because at least that's what I would be thinking if I were a GM. If I were the GM right now, it's like I did everything I could. I wouldn't be like, Man, I really screwed Matt Nagy over. I feel bad for that guy. No, you're thinking I put a pretty good product uh, on the field here, and Matt Nagy can't do anything with it. So I, I can't imagine right now everything is all sunshines and rainbows, unless that's really what it is like in Hollis Hall, and they'll be back next year. So, uh, John, do you think it's Ryan Pace's responsibility to order his head coach to play some of these young prospects so that he can get a sense of what what the team is up against in terms of you know finding players to play the left tackle position to play the opposite corner position uh, from Jalen Johnson? Do you think it's Ryan Pace's responsibility to say, Matt? I know you want to win games, but I need to look at these players because we're out of the playoffs. And regardless of what happens with your situation, I need to know where these guys are at. I think if it gets to that point, Aldo, where you have to order the head coach to do something, you need to fire the guy then. If you need to order the guy, if you're if you're if you're just going to go over his head and say, No, I'm ordering you do this, well, what the hell is he on the sidelines for then? He should have been fired weeks. If you have to get to the point where you're saying, Hey, start playing the young guys so we can get an evaluation. And Matt Nagy says, I don't want to do that. Then you get rid of them. Then th- that, then you, then you fire the coach because what we've been seeing for the last couple of weeks are guys who are, have absolutely no future with the Chicago bears getting significant playing time. 
So if if there if if that's actually eating away at Ryan Pace, he should have been fired. The coach should have been fired instead of instead of getting to the point where you have to order the guy to care about the future of the team. Get rid of him. Problem solved. Well, yeah, and part of the problem could be that the Bears are just being super nice to Matt Nagy and saying, you know, we'll, we'll stick with you the rest of the season. That way, you can have a a a uh, uh, an exit with uh, some grace, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, and we're not going to embarrass you and fire you in the middle of the season. And if that's the case, then he should be told who to who he should be playing uh, at certain positions. All right, let's move on now to round four. Round four. Justin Fields has now missed two straight games. If doctors give him a report card saying he's fully healthy and given what you know about the state of this team, do you want him to start the season finale? John, start us off. Yes, if he is if he is 100%, give him the start against the Vikings, who are also playing for nothing. So there is something to be said for continuing to learn the NFL game speed, throwing receivers open, and knowing when to unload the ball rather than holding on to it for too long, which is what we've been seeing a few times out of Justin Fields. So getting those good quality reps in before the season is over is something he can build on as his offseason program begins. Once again, I'm only saying this if he is 100% healthy, but I bet Matt Nagy really wants to go down with that Andy Dalton ship. Yeah, like if, if he's 100% healthy, then why not? It's not going to hurt. It's experience. Obviously, I don't want him hurt um, this offseason as well over something fluke with Matt Nagy. And so I do want him in bubble wrap. But if, if he's willing to, if he's 100% healthy and he's banging the table to go, go play, let the man play. But if he's not trying to play, and I'm pretty sure that would be clearly evident, because if Justin wants to play, I'm pretty sure he'd be banging the table forward. But if he doesn't play, I won't be upset. I think at this point, um, it would be great to see the kid get some snaps. Uh, it's really hard to make an evaluation on Justin Fields based on what we have seen. And so the more tape you have on him to learn where, where he needs work, to to figure out for the new coaching staff, to figure out what's happening and so forth, the more tape, the better. And so, you know, as we have talked about before, every player that steps onto that field is at risk of being injured. And so you just, you know, don't, don't, call the same plays you did against Cleveland and, and protect the young man out there and, and let him go out there and, and sling the ball around uh, with match protect and, and, and do certain other things that could protect them. But I, I frankly, I'm, I frankly would love to see him play more and more and more. And since we only got one game left, let's hopefully he can play that game, get a victory on the road and his confidence will be sky high going into next season. John, do you think that, you know, uh, playing and winning the final game would be worth it w would be good for his confidence i think i uh, well final results aside if he plays well uh, i forget wins and losses <laughs> if he plays well and and he puts some really good tape on there at least that gives the next coach an idea of what he does well what he's working with and justin fields can go into the offseason already knowing he's the QB one doesn't have to worry about this bull crap of someone being in front of him during training camp. He's going to have the entire training camp as the, as the, as the number one quarterback, he's going to have to hopefully as, if, as much as bears fans hope, I hope that he's the, he's the QB one for the next 10, 15 years. So that era will start to ascend starting uh, starting January 10th. Uh, so yeah, get one more game on there and go into the off season on a strong point. You know, win, lose, be damned. If you throw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and run for 50 yards, then okay. Then you're starting to get comfortable. I'm, I'm all for it. But does that does that save Nagy's job? See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm don't, hey, don't, don't, don't say it. Don't, 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 don't. don't. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. Don't play. Let's go suck so we can just move on. Well, Matt Nagy probably thinks he's gonna they're gonna have a better chance to win the game if Andy Dalton's playing. So if you if you if you think if you if you see Andy Dalton in there and you think Justin's healthy, it's because Nagy wants to go down with that ship. He wants to mm -hmm. give you as many I told you so's as possible on the way out. And the Bears could also be doing Andy Dalton a favor as in getting Dalton some tape as he's gonna be going into free agency as well. I think the ten million dollars is enough. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> well put. All right, we're moving on. Round five. Now, are there any veterans on this team that you would shut down on Sunday? Guys, 
that you'd rather not see risk and injury that might impact their 2022 season. Tyler, start us off. Um, I, I mean, a veteran that I don't want to play, that I don't want to see play. Um, honestly, um, I don't even know Aldo. I I, I can't even say that because the, I would think defense Roquan Smith, but it's hard to tell a leader, a captain, to not go fight with your teammates. All games matter. But if Roquan wanted to step out and let a, um, a let a young um, L, um, LB get in there and get some reps, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But um, it's hard to tell a, a fighter to not fight. Yeah, for me, it really wouldn't be a complete shutdown, but I would like to see a split workload between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I think both of these guys are going to be vital to the success of the 2022 Chicago Bears, and I think it would be a good idea to take some of the wear and tear off of Montgomery's plate uh, while getting the rookie a little more game time. Uh, we know they both can play, but I do like the idea of keeping Montgomery's legs fresh while knowing that Khalil Herbert can tote the rock as many times as necessary. So that would really be my only maybe semi-shutdown at the end of the year. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. What would you guys think about Roquan Smith uh, being preserved for next season or maybe at least for the second half of the game, particularly if one team has a big lead over the other? Yeah, I think, well, if, yeah, if the, if the score is completely out of hand, I don't think Roquan needs any fourth quarter reps in a, in a even more meaningless game if it's not even competitive. I mean, it's kind of meaningless going into it as far as wins and losses, but if the, if the game itself is actually out of hand, sit him down because, and I'm, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind either towards the end because he's going to try to get paid at some point. You don't want to catch a ACL like some of these guys are doing late in the season and trying to get paid. So, uh, it's all, but once again, you have a lame duck coach and a lame duck staff. I, you would hope that you would hope that they, in their in their professionalism, would be looking out for the best interest of the players, despite the fact they won't be here next year. You only can hope that, and so I hope that. Caesar wants to see Eddie Jackson play on offense, special teams, and defense. <laughs> he really wants to try to get all, all the uh, value out of that contract from Eddie Jackson. But there is an interesting thought about Eddie Jackson. He, he talked to the media last week and said that he really likes playing that uh, nickel cornerback position. And that's something that he did against the Raiders when he had uh, when they had the guard Darren Waller in that slot position. And uh, he said he, he would love to do that more often. He's closer to the ball. He can make more plays on the ball and so forth. What do you guys think about the possibility of Eddie Jackson maybe looking at some snaps at that uh, nickel cornerback position or maybe even being the future nickel cornerback? Tyler, your thoughts? I mean, um, if you're going to say that, then you need to do it against the Packers because everybody is cute. Aaron Rodgers, well, hopefully Aaron is gone. That would be another Christmas day. But um, the Packers have took tore us up on third down, like just like historically wise, and so. But but we, 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 but the safety is also the last line of defense. But um, at the end of the day, like like my, my buddy just said, I want to get as much value out of Eddie as I can. If Eddie feels comfortable there, sure, go there, do some stuff. But go there and make some plays, make some plays, get some interceptions, do something. If you're closer to the ball, but it's just at, at this point, I just want to see a heartbeat, a consistent heartbeat from Eddie. He's making a lot of money. He's making top flight money. I just want to see him make a play. I don't really care where it is. Ooh, you talk about value, though. How many nickel cornerbacks are making $60 million? Right. Uh, so uh, I, it, that's tough for me because if he is absolutely – I don't think he's washed at free safety. I just don't I, – I think that he's been streaky for, for the last couple of years. I would love to see him do what they paid him to do and be that game changer, making interceptions, you know, big play – uh, at free safety, being the ball hawk back there, I still have a tiny bit of hope that, that can happen with a you know a culture change, a coaching change, what what have you. Uh, but to be a full time corner, a uh, full time you know slot nickelback or whatever, if that's where they get the most production out of them, I guess I'm okay with it. But I'm also not thrilled about paying a nickelback sixty million dollars. Right. So it, it's it's that weird. It's, I don't know. Is that a return on investment if you have to completely change his position? <laughs> it's like if you had to change your hundred million dollar quarterback into a kicker. Uh, is it is it is it really worth it? So I I, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I you know, I think the slot uh, cornerback position is growing in importance uh, just because you're seeing so many of the top flight wide receivers 
uh, play that position. You saw against Green Bay, Devontae Adams didn't get going until he was moved into the slot. Uh, Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, he's used a lot in that slot. So a lot of the top wide receivers are being used in that slot. And so you need those kind of very twitchy, fast uh, defensive backs. And Eddie Jackson actually fits that mold. Here's a, a, another interesting thing that I'm seeing in the chat. A lot of people talking about that Eddie Jackson had his best game of the season, arguably, last Sunday, and he made some tackles. And so do you guys think that maybe he's trying to put some good stuff on tape here late in the season because his job may be in jeopardy? I see you uh, nodding your head, Tyler. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I think he's trying to put some t- some good tape out there and show some effort to the coaches. I, that's That's what I honestly believe. Um, I'm glad he was able to go out there and execute because, like, Otto, you, you hit it on the money. That is a growing position because teams want to go against that third string, fourth string DB. Then you bring in COVID and injuries. That might be the fifth string cornerback at that position. And so, um, but like I said, if Eddie's going to do that, do that when they move. At, situational. Don't move him to the mm-hmm. slot. It's situational. Go there when Devontae Adams is there and let's see how you do. Like, I, it's, it's, it's cute to talk about it now, but do it when we're playing for a game that matters. Like, can you do that? If we're trying to win a divisional game and have a winning record, that's when you do that. And so other than that, it's just like t- talk and puff. I'm not I'm not a capologist and I'll never I'll never claim to be. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like if you have if you're going to say our corner our nickel cornerback is going to be 60 million dollars and then all of a sudden Jalen Johnson needs paid as well. Are you going to have two 60 to 70 million dollar cornerbacks on the team? And where are you going to take that away from? I'm just it's it's tough for me to just invest that much where you, where you hope that you can, you can find lightning in a bottle in a draft where you can be like, that would be, that's a great nickel cornerback. We're going to have him for three to three, four years and he'll be on a rookie contract. That's where I'd prefer. But once again, if that's where he has to play to get the most production out of it, fine. And, and to your, and to your point, uh, Tyler, absolutely. He's trying to put something on tape because all of these guys are auditioning for the next coach. All these guys are trying to put something on tape for the next coach that comes in. And whenever they're doing, and maybe the new GM, whenever they start evaluating and say, that dude phoned it in, we don't need it. Or that dude played hard at the end. Let's see, let's give him one more chance. All these guys who are on like on fringe cut or maybe their contracts are coming up, they're auditioning for the next GM and the next head coach. PZ and J Rock uh, in the chat room saying, "Yeah, yeah, his best game against the crappiest team in the NFL." Well, yeah, I think everybody had their best game <laughs> against the Giants. <laughs> ah, good point, guys. All right, so let's move on to the second half of the show. <laughs> Round six, gentlemen. Michael Gallup joins Chris Godwin as two big-time wide receivers headed into free agency with ACL injuries. Now, remember, in 2018, the Bears signed Allen Robinson to a three-year contract after he had suffered an ACL injury in the first game of the 2017 season. At the time, the signing was applauded because it was a bargain price for a young wide receiver who had a Pro Bowl season under his belt. If Gallup or Godwin can be signed for a bargain price, do you want the Bears to risk signing one of them, knowing that the player not, might not be available in the season opener and may never play at an elite level? John, we'll start with you. So both receivers will be 26 when the next season starts. That means, in theory, if you sign one of them to a three- or four-year deal, they'll still be in their prime for the duration of that contract. The big issue for me, however, is not that they tore their ACLs. It's when they tore their ACLs. Uh, Godwin tore his on December 19th. Michael Gallup tore his on January 2nd. You'd love to think they'd be ready for the start of the season, but... Who knows how the recovery process is going to treat either one of them. Look at Tariq Cohen. He didn't play all year. So for me, it comes down to how much of a bargain do you get for a guy that might not even be 100% until 2023. That's a thousand percent correct. I mean, they might be available if we make the playoffs, but like that's a that, that could be a joke as well. Um, but like, but like, like you said, but it's is it an investment to the future? Can you get a guy like that? I think that's going to depend on the coaching staff. It would be cool. Um, but that's that's like, but how much money is that? These guys know their value. Got these got one guy got got a Super Bowl ring, and so will his agent allow him to do that? Go play with the Bears for a little bit, get some free money. 
Yeah, it's it's really a, a tough call to make an investment on all those guys because of those ACL injuries were so late in the season. Now, the report, the initial report, uh, I think it was from Adam Schefter, is that Gallup's ACL is not as bad as Godwin's, uh, that it's a partial tear of the ACL. So perhaps um, he could be ready for camp or, or for preseason or maybe just the start of the season. But, um, boy, getting any one of those guys on the team would be great, but it's got to be at a bargain price. Uh, man, there's so many needs on this Bears team. It's really scary, isn't it, John? Yeah, and this is the point that I drove home, you know, months ago. It's it, the the worst part about it is it's that the Bears are an aging team, and they're a a average to sub average aging team and they don't have much draft capital <laughs> so it's like can you think of a less enticing position not to say that they're like the gm job's not enticing but i'm just thinking if you had a starting point like okay we're the oldest team in the league a lot of needs we're not very good don't have very very many draft picks cap's not in great in a great situation <laughs> so, oh okay then what else so uh yeah that's uh they got some things to to work out well, and that's why it's really, really important to bring in a a head coach here that could attract free agents at a lesser salary. But we'll talk about the future head coaches uh, and the questions ahead. Right, guys? <laughs> Good teaser. Ah, I did it. Ah, here it comes. Mm-hmm. Question number seven. <laughs> Round seven, gentlemen. Seven years ago, Ryan Pace took over as general manager of the Chicago Bears. Since then, they have zero playoff wins. Is it time to make a change with the general manager or keep pace and hope that the third time he selects a head coach is the charm? Tyler, we start with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful. I want, I, want it, I want him to pick the regular coach. I mean, we got to think about it. They're going to try to keep continuity. We all want those coaches or those GMs that are going to stay around forever. But Ryan Pace, I, I, I'm kind of more pro-Ryan Pace. I don't mind if Ryan Pace stays. I don't mind. I don't know why. But if he leaves, then I'm cool with it too. But um, he has to hit on the next coach, um, which is still a gamble. Is it time for a change? Um, it's I mean, you can't – Is this? what's the timetable we're working with? Like, it's all up to the ownership at this point. Yeah, I think you have to move on because if you bring in a new head coach to guide Justin Fields' progression and the Bears are still not constructed in a way that they can compete in 2022 or 2023, but Justin Fields looks like he's taking leaps and bounds, are you going to fire Ryan Pace and then hamstring a new GM by saying, hey, here's your head coach and here's your quarterback, good luck? That's kind of what we're seeing with the Giants right now, and I don't think anybody envies that situation. So I think this situation necessitates changes across the board. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've, if you know me, you know that I'm not Ryan Pace's biggest uh, supporter. Although I got to say, you know, Lauren Cox on his Lockdown Bears uh, show, which we'll be playing a clip on in uh, the Dan and Alda show later this evening, um, he went out of his way to gather up all of the pluses that Ryan Pace has had at drafting uh, uh, players who. Uh, have made the team, have been productive and free agents. He also listed some of the negatives, but he he went out of his way to put together a, a healthy list of positives that Ryan Pace has had during his tenure. But the bottom line is this, one playoff game and it's a loss. So does it really matter? I mean, if you've had some hits on, on draft picks and, and player personnel decisions, if you're not winning in, in the postseason. Tyler, what do you think? I mean, you're right. That's really it right there. You said one playoff affair. Like that's 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 that that sucks. And that's borderline unexcusable. But at the same time, who are you allowed to pick that who who's picking head coaches? Who has the final say so? We have and so like that's that has to fall on the GM. And so like and, and yeah, I mean that sucks. That's reality. That that's reality. Maybe we get surprised and they're both gone. After the season. And um, I wouldn't be shocked out to that point. One playoff appearance and it's a loss. That's no bueno. Uh, and see how much we just discount last year's playoff because no one really thinks it was a real playoff appearance. So, so, uh, oh, that's so right. yeah, see, yeah. so that, 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 that's seriously, that's how, that's, that's how impressive that was. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, to, 
to your point, every time I see uh, people aren't, I'm not going to say there's a big mob defending Ryan Pace, but I will say that whenever people are discussing it, they say, well, aside from X, Y, and Z, look at A, B, and C, but you're thinking, well, hey, X, Y, and Z still happen. Like those are still detriments. So uh, I I think that um, you kind of have to, and I, and I, and I get people in the chat room saying it's a risk to, you know, do the sweeping changes and you do it. Guys, this is a Chicago Bears. There's a risk no matter who they hire. There's a there's a risk no matter what they bring in. And it's, it's that whole it's the whole argument. Would you rather choke on greatness or nibble at mediocrity? We know what we're getting with Ryan Pace. We know what we're gonna we know what we're gonna get. I'd rather try to go out and be the kind of franchise I want to root for. I want I want if they you know what there's gonna be a risk in the head coach. There's, if Ryan Pace picks the head coach, there's a big risk in that. Look at the track record. <laughs> and so uh, there's and there's going to be a risk if they go out and they get a new GM. But I'd rather take that chance and say, "Holy crap, we got what we needed. We got we got two guys in there, uh, that know, and maybe a, maybe a football ops guy in there as well. Uh, they can actually run the franchise." About two hours ago, uh, here on the Score Sports Radio, Hub Arkish told uh, the Parkinson Spiegel uh, show that he, what he is hearing from multiple sources at Hallis Hall is that. Ryan Pace is going to remain with the Chicago Bears in some capacity. It could be the general manager position where he could be bumped up to the executive vice president of football operations or some position. So the chances, according to Hub Arkish, are that Ryan Pace is going to stay with the Chicago Bears and that Matt Nagy will be gone. Uh, anybody want to comment on that? He's getting promoted. So Ryan Pace is going to get promoted. <laughs> What other, right. industry, what other industry would that happen in? <laughs> hey, we're really not. We're really not happy with the job you've been doing. We're gonna promote you. How's that sound? <laughs> it's like the diner that John yeah. said. The Bears oh yeah. <laughs> oh whoa whoa you you burnt a salad. How would you like to be the nighttime manager? That sounds great. <laughs> We're yeah, gonna put you yeah. at the register where you can count all yeah, the money. Oh yeah. yeah. You want to, what, would you like to do the the billing after all this? Be our accountant. That sounds awesome. Good. Uh, all right, let's get to the next uh, topic here, which is one that a lot of people have already been talking about in the chat room. Let's move on. <laughs> Round eight. It's time for you to suggest one head coach candidate you would like to see the Chicago Bears interview to be the 18th coach in their 100-plus year history. Give me a name, and why do you want him to fill out the job application? John, we'll start with you. Well, I think I already know who Tyler's going with, but I definitely want to see them interview Todd Bowles. Now, I'm not saying they need to hire Todd Bowles. I'll really start jumping into my coaching candidate research at the end of the week or so. But the report on Bowles is that he has a knack for helping young players develop, and he makes specific game plans for specific opponents. And you hear that? Adjustments? That's something we don't get a whole lot of in Chicago right now. So I don't put much into the stock uh, of his struggles with the Jets. Who has done well with the Jets? I'm not going to say that that was a complete failure. That was all on him. I don't know. I like him. So um, I know, I know, I know, I kind of went to throw, throw your screwball, John, but I'm going to tell the truth. Um, Josh McDaniels. Um, I knew it. I, I, I knew you do it. Josh McDaniels. This is my time just to make that claim for him. Um, I know people have a, a bad take on him for what happened, um, not just in Denver, but just also about giving up on the Colts job and everything. But um, I want to separate the two, and I'm going to go over. There's a difference between, like, the head coach and the offensive coordinator. But what I do like about Josh McDaniels, again, just looking at just looking at the development of Mac Jones of this, this year long. I mean, he's the only ro- – the top-flight rookie with a, with a winning uh, record. I mean, just that, just that alone. And so being able to give Justin Fields some type of structure system – if it's not Josh McDaniels, it's somebody with his due diligence. Because regardless of ego, Josh McDaniels was able to get along with Cam Newton and give Cam a couple of highlights. That's something that I would just like to see in Chicago because regardless of talent, the Patriots receivers have always been able to execute and make the playoffs. Um, Obviously, yes, it was time, a lot to do with Tom Brady. But um, Josh McDaniels, the, the, the system – that would be able to be in place, I believe, would revolutionize the Chicago Bears. Just getting, we're trying to get, we're below zero, guys. Just understand where we're at. 
we're, 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 we're below. So for Josh McDaniels to come in here and give us some of that winning culture, we're saying what you want. The guy is one. <laughs> so he know what winning tastes like consistently, not just a one flash pan. So Josh McDaniels is I would love to see the Chicago. I've been pounding with this guy for like three, four years now. It was interesting. Uh, David Kaplan on his show, I think it was this morning, uh, also advocated for Josh McDaniels saying, look at what he's done with the their rookie quarterback. But he also said that there was a publication in Boston that uh, quoted McDaniels as saying that Justin Fields was his favorite quarterback coming out of the draft. John, does that uh, give you maybe uh, the feeling that Tyler might be onto something here? Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't care who like I don't care who anyone's favorite is. That doesn't mean that they're going to be good at their job. Uh, I I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind Josh McDaniels. Um, and I and I don't hate it. People call some of these coaches retreads, and some of them are not because the first stint was kind of unfair. And Josh McDaniels may have got his first head coaching job way too early in his career. Maybe he was too young. He got a taste of that, and he went back. To New England he clearly didn't burn too many bridges in New England because they they welcomed him back with open arms and that you see what he does he's doing with Mac Jones although you know there was a game where I, th- I think he only threw three passes <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh it, it wouldn't be I, as far as I'm concerned right now it wouldn't be the worst hire in the world but uh I think as long as he can be a leader in the locker room and he can be a leader and always have his players backs uh, then yeah, I just need a. I need that. I'm maybe I'm being real meatballish in this. I just want a strong leader that people can say when you when they talk, you listen. And there's a few guys in the league that do that right now. When Mike Tomlin talks, you listen. When Belichick talks, even though it's not that much, <laughs> you listen to it. When the guy even like Mike Vrabel talks, you listen. So it's a, I want one of those guys that whenever you talk, you know that guy has high character, high uh, respect in the league. I want to learn from this guy. I want to play for this guy. That's the kind of person I want as the head coach for the Chicago Bears. Not some guy with a clipboard. Not some guy who's trying to be friends with everybody. Not some guy who is just, you know, this brilliant mastermind but has no real head coaching ability. I need a leader of men in there. And a lot of uh, people in the chat room are against Josh McDaniels for that reason because he made a commitment to the Indianapolis Colts to become their next head coach and then pulled out. And, you know, we all, of course, know the story of what happened to him in Denver. So uh, character might be an issue in some people's eyes with Josh McDaniel. Another name that has come up a lot today uh, in particular is uh, Jim Harbaugh, because there was a report in The Athletic written by Bruce Feldman that Harbaugh is thinking about making a return to the National Football League. And in the very last sentence of the article, uh, after mentioning a couple of possibilities, he wrote, and Chicago is a possibility too. So what do you guys think about Harbaugh returning to Chicago, not as a quarterback, but as head coach? Tyler. I mean, um, it, it'd be a nice story. It'd be nice headlines. Um, it, it, that's, that's, that's really all I got. I mean, I like his, he, he has attitude. He has grit. I like when he came in with the 49ers with originally, but um, I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't really move me. <laughs> I'm I'm a little I'm a little more okay with it. Like I I think that I know that he rubs people the wrong way sometimes. He does have a very I, I guess abrasive personality, or he's sometimes sometimes an oddball or whatever. But you know wherever he goes, he wins. I mean, it, all the way from college in San Diego to Stanford to the 49ers getting them to a Super Bowl, and then you say what you will about Michigan, but they weren't. I think they're in a much better spot now than whenever uh, Hope was the coach there. So I, I think wherever he goes, he does do well. I, uh, he's probably not my number one pick. I'm very intrigued by it, uh, just because he has a lot of head coaching experience. Uh, and knows how to handle people, uh, and and I. Uh, but you. But I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit uh, apprehensive just because of how everything went down in San Francisco at the end. I don't know if he was rubbing people the wrong way or kind of. I don't know what went on there. Uh, but um, I'm intrigued. I would like to. I would like to learn more about it. I'll, I'll say that. And I think he. he, he I think it would be better than. Um, now I say better than better than Coach Nagy because. Um, John, like you said, with the, with with that experience, a head coach, you're putting together a football program, 
And so, like, we like you come into an or a situation, and what are you putting together? What are, what are your coaches doing on their day offs? And so these type of things, I feel like he would be good at from an analytical side. He has that experience. That whole family's great. He's a football guy, so that, that that's really awesome. Um, I just um, I just don't know. I, I, it's just like hmm, who's gonna who's gonna call the offense? Who who who's who's your, who's your staff gonna be? We got the coach. Who's your staff? You see what I'm saying? And so, but and that's why I want to go back to my um, McDaniel's because I just feel like I want to know who worked with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm disturbed with how Matt Nagy prepared Justin Fields for his NFL start. Oh yeah, that bothers me. Just as a man to man, that you will allow that crap to happen, allow that man to get killed and embarrassed on freaking national TV like that. It just it just that that upset. So the relationship that um a coach can probably want to develop somebody regardless um and take your best talent and try to do something great and so those are the things i'm looking for and again i think jim may do may hit it off with um with justin that'd be great too but for the bears to be successful it it starts with justin Mm -hmm. i agree it does all right Great stuff, guys. Let's move on to round number it's nine. Yeah. On Sunday night, the Green Bay Packers clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They won another NFC North title and became the first team in NFL history to win at least 13 games in three straight seasons. The success of the Cheeseheads clearly starts with Aaron Rodgers. He is now a near lock to win his fourth MVP. Rodgers had a tumultuous offseason with the Packers brass, but it appears that the love affair between management and Rodgers is back on. That means Rodgers might be back next season and maybe even sign a multi-year extension. How does it make you feel that the Bears may not be rid of Rodgers for a few more years? Tyler, start us off. I mean, it just shows how 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 um what's the word inept the Bears organization is because it's like he's been there, we can't do nothing about it. And so, like at the end of the day, yo, sh- respect. I'm not gonna hate on Aaron Rodgers because my man is doing his thing, and like I don't like him because he's the team he plays for. But Aaron Rodgers, at the end of the day, is a baller, and he freaking was my fantasy quarterback because the, my man my man can execute. And so, um, if he can't, if he can't, hey, yo, if you don't like it, stop it. How many coaches, how many gyms we got to go through to get it done? I knew you were going to find a way to blame Matt Nagy for this somehow. But uh, (laughs) first and foremost, I don't buy anything that Aaron Rodgers says because I think he enjoys having the spotlight on himself. Now, he clearly didn't enjoy it when the whole immunization scandal went down. But now he's using his weekly spot on the Pat McAfee show to just throw out cryptic clues and toss little nuggets out for the media to chew on. So I won't believe he's staying or leaving until it actually happens one way or another. And as far as how I feel if he stays, well, he's 38 years old. I don't know if he's going to be a lifer like Tom Brady. I think he has interests outside of football. Uh, so I'm going to just take that optimistic ha- glass half full approach to this. Problem is about his interests is he's not good at any of them. Uh, he's def- definitely he know that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He definitely was not good as the host of Jeopardy that he did for two weeks. And I saw, I think, almost every episode he fumbled his way through that. And as a pitchman uh, for those TV ads, I guess State Farm likes him. He's been doing those commercials for years, but I don't. I, I'm not going to buy State Farm because of Aaron Rodgers. You know, I might buy it because of Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback that I loved coming out of college. But that aside, you know, it is for me as a Chicago Bears fan. I don't care if he comes back. In fact, I kind of like it because. A championship in Chicago will mean more to me if we beat the crap out of Aaron Rodgers. And I mean beat him by the score, not physically beat him up. It's important to me as a fan to see the tables turn. I want the Bears to own Aaron Rodgers. That's what I want, and that's important to me. So if he comes back, I'm not going to be angry or sad or or anything like that. I'm going to be hopeful that the next Bears team is going to get closer to uh, fill out ownership papers on Aaron Rodgers. I have just, I agree with what you're saying, but I have a different goal behind that because I want the Packers to feel what we have felt forever. And that (laughs) is 
not knowing who your quarterback's going to be next year. I want them to feel, I want them to have a Jersey that has 15 names on it. And that's everyone who started for the Packers in the last five to six years. I want them to be in football purgatory. I want them to keep going out and getting Andy Dalton in free agency. I want them to keep drafting people that don't work out. I Mm -hmm. want them to feel what we have felt for the last Ever so okay so I want I just want them to get a taste of that beating Aaron Rodgers yeah I, that would be sweet I I don't disagree with that but I also want them to understand what it's like to not have a Hall of Fame quarterback for thirty straight years I want them to feel that a little bit more yeah well uh, unfortunately I know uh, I'm judging his comments in the chat room it seems like more people want him gone uh, sooner rather than later but I don't think that's going to happen I got a feeling. There's going to be an announcement in the offseason, and Rodgers is going to sign a long-term contract. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll be keeping an eye on that. All right, guys, let's hit the round 10, our final round. One of the issues regarding the Bears leaving Soldier Field for a new stadium that really hasn't been talked much about, at least I haven't heard it, is that the stadium that they will play in will certainly have a corporate sponsor. Currently, the Bears are one of, I think, only four NFL teams that play in a stadium that is not named after a sponsor. The next Bears home could be named Ronald McDonald Stadium, John Deere Field, or maybe Walgreens Arena. Do you care or would you rather see the new home have a name that is a tribute to something bigger like our military or perhaps a historical figure? John, lead off our final round. Honestly, it does take some getting used to. Uh, I'm a Louisville basketball fan, and whenever I was in high school and in college, they played in Freedom Hall, an awesome historic venue. Then in 2010, they built this beautiful brand new arena, and the Louisville Cardinals' new home was the KFC Yum Center. So yes, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. It doesn't sound as good in the history books but that is the trade-off for having a beautiful new modern venue that keeps you up with everybody else yeah I, i've been to freedom hall john it's pretty actually it's pretty dope um it the, the name stuff it comes down to popularity and um like you said sponsorship like we saw what happened when crypto.com um, bought the staple center and those things it's, it's advertising and so it would it would be awesome if it was something to for, for charity to the veterans and stuff like that. But um, it'd be cool if it was a company that I'm invested in. I would cheer for that because yeah, why not? <laughs> it just makes sense. It, it, when it comes to the name auto, it's all about the money, and it's all about the money in that in that regard. But I, I would definitely would love to see how they would give that back. Yeah, I um, you know, a lot of people are. I just saw a comment here. Was it from uh, suggesting that it be named George Hallis Stadium and Jesus? And I would love to see it named George Hallis Stadium, but it probably will be something like uh, McDonald's uh, George Hallis Stadium. You know, there's going to be a corporate name attached to it. And one of the reasons that I will be sad about leaving soldier field is just that name the fact that it is dedicated to our 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 men and women who have fought in our wars and so that that to me is sad i did run a poll uh on twitter asking people about the name let me let me take a look at the results here real quick and tell you that the results look like it was mcdonald's 20 percent walgreens 11 percent john deere 32 and a half percent and other 36 percent and some of those other names were like uh let's see miller light stadium and i said well that's a wisconsin company and andrew said not john deere that color scheme is incompatible Mm. with the bears that's a very good point we don't want green and yellow uh all over uh the new stadium abe roman the sausage king of chicago <laughs> Abe Froman Field. All right. Shoe says Amazon because Jeff Bezos is probably going to own the team. And uh, G Lone said it would be probably some crypto exchange. Right there, you go, Tyler. That's something mm-hmm. up your alley. And a lot of votes for Portillos, uh, which mm-hmm. unfortunately they don't have the kind of money that it would take. 
I actually did the research on that. They made $325 million last year, and it's going to cost some 40 to $50 million for that sponsorship. So I doubt that they're going to reach dig deep, dig deep uh, to, for that advertisement, particularly because they're just a, a local company. They don't have Portillo's in, in – well, there are some Portillo's in other cities, but they're not like a Boeing – like a McDonald's and, and uh, a global or or at least American company. Does uh, uh, Lumo Naughties have the have the money for that? <laughs> no, as much pizza as I order from them, I still, <laughs> I still don't think so. <laughs> well, and the, the thing that's that always I don't like is because once these stadiums give in to you know having those corporate sponsors, they're susceptible to change those names. Mm -hmm. when I, and, and, you know, Chicago fans know that from the old, from the new Comiskey Park to U.S. Cellular Field to Guaranteed Rate Stadium or, or Guaranteed Rate Field or whatever it is now. Those are always susceptible. Staple, the Staples Center is now, what was it, Tyler Crypto, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And so there's always, it's always susceptible to change. I went through this in Pittsburgh because when I was growing up, I went to Pirates games all the time, and we were in Three Rivers Stadium. You couldn't get more Pittsburgh than that. Three Rivers Stadium. The, the Pirates played there. The Steelers also played there. It was awesome. It was right on the river. It was, I mean, it was one of those, you know, cookie-cutter stadiums, but it was Three Rivers Stadium. It was really cool. And then in 2001, they built the new stadiums for both baseball and football, and at least they retained some Pittsburgh to it because it's PNC Park, which is uh, Pittsburgh National Corporation, big uh, banking chain out of Pittsburgh, and then Heinz Field. It doesn't get much more Pittsburgh than Heinz Ketchup. So at least it retained a little bit of its Pitts Pittsburghiness, if you will. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to keep those sponsorships from running out and all of a sudden – eBay comes in and says you're now you're at or O.co was the O.co Coliseum for a while with uh with the Raiders and so mm -hmm. uh, it just doesn't roll off the tongue it doesn't sound good whenever they do the NFL films about it whenever it's just like Petco Park or anything of, of the, those <laughs> nature I don't love it but you know if they're gonna build this huge thing in Arlington Heights where it could be a destination place where people spend days there could be a mm -hmm. hotel there there could be a casino there there could be a whole downtown area of bars and clubs to you know whenever the bears are losing by 30 you can have something else to go do uh so uh, it's i get it why that why the why you give the naming rights up because it is a ton of money Beerman heard the same thing I heard. I think it was on last night's uh, Monday night broadcast. They said that Heinz Field, the name, uh, the the uh, naming rights expire at the end of this season. So uh, that field could have a different name next season if Heinz doesn't renew. Pramani's Park, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they they don't have the money for that, but they are expanding. So if you like, if you like sandwiches with coleslaw and French French fries on there, you got, then then yeah, then there's the possibility. But uh, but yeah, I, I hope that it would retain some of the Chicago Illinois flavor to it at least. I wouldn't want it to be like Walmart Field or anything of that nature. Which I think that I think that the Bears brass would at least try to be clever or keen with that to try to. Well, we went with this sponsor because of the tight illinois roots or anything of that there's plenty of places in illinois where they could they could probably get a sponsor so i hope they at least retain something of that nature come on tyler come up with some money we'll call it the Gaines stadium how about mm -hmm. that there you cool. go that'd be pretty awesome uh -huh. <laughs> hey there's nothing the, the uh, barroom field i mean aldo so you dig into the dig into that vault you got in the studio there and start start my, delving out the shekels where's my piggy bank Oh, I, I spoke <laughs> <it> last week. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, great job. Uh, John, why don't you tell us what we're going to do next week because we're doing something special with this show. Yeah, so uh, at the end of the season, you know, Bears season's finally over. Very sad. We only got a few in-season shows left. So for the finale of Buffon 55 next Wednesday, we're actually going to merge the Bear Debate into Buffon 55, and we're going to have a big blowout extravaganza to talk about the 2021 Bears and the 2022 Bears moving forward. So we're going to we're having a merger. It's the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. We're having the Bear debate meeting Buffon 55, and we're going to bring in some other people from the barroom as well. Have a couple of guests on there. We're going to have one big season extravaganza finale show. Hope everybody can join in and throw your comments in. We'll be reacting to the chat room 
all night. It's going to be a real fun time. Both of these gentlemen are going to be on that broadcast. So, you know, we're, we're going to bring it along with a couple other guests as well. So uh, going to be a real good time. Same time as Buffon 55, uh, 7 Central, 8 Eastern next Wednesday. But we're bringing the shows together. We'll see if the immovable force can what is it? The unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Yeah, I screwed that up real well. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time. Good, Tyler. What you got going on, brother? Um, looking forward to um Chicago Bulls playoffs and everything else going going on. Um, I'm actually wait a minute. I'm actually excited to make my debut on the Buffon Fifty Five. I've been waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting for that invite. And so, um, a great show, John. I can't wait. That's gonna be a lot of fun, brother. And um, honestly, brother, it's just like the, as the season winds down, I'm excited about the future. Truly excited about the future. But um, in, in the all champions are made in the off season, and um, when the Bears shut down, we're gonna go to work, and we can't wait to come back and just hang out with you all. Thank you all for being with us. We don't take that lightly. But um, and 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 all and all honesty, I just I just really gotta say, um, I'm blessed beyond my deserving, and I serve an amazing God, and I'm truly blessed to have some amazing co-hosts that we get to do this every other couple of days because it feels really, truly awesome. And I appreciate everything you all bring to the table. This isn't the finale. You can still got another show, but I just feel like, I feel like that's where we're going. But, um, and we but, got we got one more after the Bears game on Sunday. Exactly. And so, but um, what's, what's on my heart is just um, my queen, my, my queen, my world, my lady Jay, and um, she's she, she, somebody that I, that, that, I, that, I, that, I, that I'm fighting for along with my three princesses. And, um, yeah, man, to God the glory. Let's be great and um, bear down. There you go. Bear Truth 9 has a quick question before we get off. He says, if we did get Jim Harbaugh, do you think Vic Fangio would consider coming back if he's fired? Because, of course, Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator for Harbaugh. And so if if Fangio is fired, do you think he might uh, – do uh, you think Harbaugh would want Fangio back? Quick thoughts on that before we pull the plug on this one? Wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't mind it at all. Bring bring Vic back. Uh, plenty of guys on this team played for Vic. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I if if you told me that next year it's going to be Jim Harbaugh and Vic Fangio running it, I'd say okay. Two guys that both have head coaching experience. Both guys have had success in this league. Vic Fangio has been a very successful coordinator. Yeah, we had we took some pot shots at him occasionally. Sometimes he drops Khalil Mack in the coverage too many times, but uh, he is a very good coordinator. And having Harbaugh on the other end, that would be very that they had a they had a winning combo in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't mind it, right, Tyler? No, I wouldn't mind it. It'd be interesting. Um, you saw what happened. In, you see what happened in Washington when you saw um Rivera and Jack Del Rio come together, and um, they actually turned turned the organization around, and I think it go turning up. So it'll be it'll be a nice, cute experiment. Um, but it's just like I I think when we go, whatever we decide next it can't be a quick pull unless it's like absolutely horrible. Mm. And so whatever it is, we got to let it play out for the next two, three seasons. If the bears come back next year and we're, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say two or two something, but like we got to let it play out. And that's what we can't keep changing because if we keep changing, it is never, it's never going to stick. Whoever the quarterback, as long as it's development, we got to see development, but that's on the leadership to get that right during this off season. There shouldn't be any question marks. Somebody should be coming with credibility, with a track record. It shouldn't be that much of an experiment because somebody's job should be on the line. And if and if it's Ryan Pace picking, this is it. Like this, this, this would be it. And so it's a lot of pressure on whoever's picking the next head coach and or GM. And um, I I truly hope as a Bears fan that it works out great. I hope so too. Please hit that like button and remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll get alerts every time we have a live show and you can also subscribe to our podcast channel. You can find Barroom Network at iTunes, Spotify, you name it, wherever audio podcasts are delivered. We are there. We'll see you next week with a very special the uh, bear debate on the Buffon 55 show. And of course we will see you Sunday after the Bears game, I will be back here in about 30 or 40 minutes with my man, Dan Aguirre, and Johnny Santucci. We'll be talking a lot more Bears for a three-hour show. That's right, a three-hour show. Take care, everybody. See you soon.